You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories totally off the dome to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, there is a movie that I used to watch all the time when I was a kid that I don't actually think I ever rented. It was not a blockbuster rental. Uh, and I think you've seen this movie. Something tells me that you have. Oh, and... I'm sure. <laughs> right, this, I'm a terrible actor. You can you can you can tell here, right? But, uh, so we keep saying how we're going to stop burying the lead so much when we talk about shit. So I'm just going to come around out and say I want to talk about Critters. Yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the 1986 horror comedy. But was it supposed to be comedy? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's questionable. Movie. Yeah. Weird, it's a weird sci-fi alien movie that uh, I always thought it felt really very much like a, you know, what if the gremlins were like in the Midwest or, you know, farm farmland gremlins is kind of how it yeah. felt to me, right? Yeah, it's see, it's funny because it it came out during a spat of tiny monster movies. And I will say that it was probably inspired by the gremlins because uh, gremlins came out and, you know, uh, had a lot of success. And everybody in Hollywood and everybody doing the direct VHS stuff like Full Moon over with Charlie Band, you know, everyone made little monster movies. And that was a big part of the 80s. Like everybody our age has some kind of fear of a tiny monster because of one of these many tiny monster movies. (laughs) But Critters was definitely one of the more comedic ones. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you mentioned the little monster movie. And I think that's probably the reason why I was thinking about Critters. And I know you were, too. We had talked about it a couple months ago about how it would be fun to talk about, like, Critters or Munchies or, yep. you know, one one of these types of movies or even Basket Case, you know, which is, yes. you know, <laughs> peripheral to the to the genre, uh, you know, to this to I should say this subgenre, you know. Yep. Um, but I know for sure the Critters is the one that I remember the best. And on the Boogeyman's Closet, you did an episode where, where I got to come on and, and pick a movie. And we did The Gate. And they had those yeah. weird weird little, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what they were. They were what, uh, um, stop motion, like weird little guys, like uh, little minions. Yeah. That... It, it, was a, it was a cross between, and sorry to cut you off, it was a cross between stop motion and uh, forced perspective with people in suits. That's what it was. Yeah, I couldn't think of the phrase "forced perspective" for some reason. Like, <laughs> I know I used that recently. We talked about the Wildcats, but yeah. Um, and and for for me, I think Critters is definitely the movie where when I was like six and seven years old, watching it on HBO, where I had it taped off HBO, and that's why I never rented it. But mm-hmm. I used to watch it all the time, and I think that this is the movie. It. I don't even think I know this is the thing that I think of when I was a kid and I would like my hand would fall off the side of the bed and then I'd pull it back real quick because I <laughs> yep. think that there was like a critter under the bed. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Be like, oh, they're down there. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So I would assume that anyone who is in our audience, in our demographic would probably know what critters is. But 
for those that don't, um, I'm probably going to toss the ball to you, Mike, to tell me a little bit about your experience with the franchise. But just a quick setup, right? It's uh, again, it's a sort of a horror sci-fi. I I don't know if it was supposed to be comedic, but it definitely was. <laughs> yeah. You know, it came out in 1986, and the critters, the titular critters, are these little furry, basically like balls with faces on them, and they just have like tons of like nasty sharp teeth, and they supposedly just they just eat everything. Yep. And it's a weird sci-fi movie where they're aliens and they come to earth and you know they invade this like little sleepy kansas town and they terrorize specifically this one family in this like farmhouse and it's like you know humans versus weird like little evil popples <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much <laughs> And uh, I want to get into the plot a little bit more um, as we sort of talk about, like, well, what, what would we do with Critters? You know, what would we right. have done? But um, I used to watch this movie all the time when I was a kid, like I said, and I haven't seen it in a really long time. It's one of those movies like um, like Big Trouble in Little China where I used to love it. And then for some reason, I just didn't watch it for like 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. and um, to the point where I don't know that I've ever seen any of the sequels as much of as for how important this was to me as a kid. I don't know that I ever saw any of the other ones. I, I have indulged in all of the sequels. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to, I, Hey, I got a hot take right here and it's critters ain't that good. Um, I know a lot of people <laughs> are our age love the critters films. I'm here to say I'm not a fan. I, um, I love the critters themselves, the crates. I think they're awesome. I think the idea of the bounty hunters is awesome. Everything else, not so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the fact that it's PG-13, and they're all PG-13, I think, up until... Wait, I might... Part 4 might be an R-rated. I'd have to double-check. I know... Or maybe it's Part 5 I'm thinking of. Uh, let me see. No, I think 4 is PG-13 as well. I think it's part five, Critters Attack. I think they, yeah, it is part five. Um, so, okay. So they're PG-13, which hurts it. Because if you look at this first film, only two people are killed by the Critters. Literally, just two. That's it. Only, so, <laughs> I don't think young, I ever noticed that. <laughs> I mean, the, the freaking, uh, the police officer and then young Billy Zane. That's all we get. Those are the only two deaths from the Critters. I know. This is back when I used to like, this is pre-Titanic Billy Zane when I used to like him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just, I'm sorry. I just saw Billy Zane uh, because I saw Demon Knight at the drive-in and man, he makes that fucking movie. Like, I love that movie, but his character in in Demon Knight is so fucking good. So if you haven't watched Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, check it out. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's another movie I haven't seen in a really long time, but yeah, I do remember I loved it. But I used to love Billy Zane when he was... I even liked him in The Phantom, which I know was kind of a cheesy movie, but it was a fun movie. I think he was was in a lot of fun stuff. I I mean, I know he he was... And he was in stuff after Titanic, but I... I would probably go so far as to say, without a lot of you know research, that I think just the whole country just hated him because he was such a good actor <laughs> that he came across as such a douchebag in yep. like the biggest movie of the century, and then everybody hated him forever. You yep. know? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh God, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a goddamn shame. But anyway, besides besides the point, like. So you just said that there was like four or five, like whatever sequels, yep. PG-13, who knows, one of them is called like Critters Attack. Yeah. And, and, and all I can think of is just 
this tr- this terrible trend of you know horror movies from the 70s but especially the 80s where it was like they just kept pumping them out and pumping them out and pumping them oh, out yeah. you know like how many hellraisers are there and that was a big budget one at least at the beginning but all these like low budget kind of cheap sci-fi horror movies where it's like fuck what is this like part 13 you know well, and the funny thing is this i'm glad you mentioned hellraiser because this follows the hellraiser format like straight up follows the hellraiser format because you have part one where it's like okay introduce the characters introduce the idea of the critters all that we set it up for a sequel at the end where we have the critters eggs and the chicken coop so we know there's going to be more critters and then critters too bam off and running the eggs hatch more crites are running around the bounty hunters come back it's more of the same so just like hellraiser one and two it picks up exactly where the other one leaves off and it's more of the same then critters three is fucking critters in manhattan much like hellraiser three is pinhead <laughs> in the big city you know it's and then, as if they weren't copying Hellraiser enough, they go to space with part four. And the whole movie takes place in the far-flung future with a young Angela Bassett and a young Charles Lee Ray. I know his name isn't Charles Lee Ray, but I'm going to call him <laughs> Charles Lee Ray. That's his name. No, no, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's his name. <laughs> so it's it like... Sounds... What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so it's, it's, it's freaking ludicrous. Like, the first, the first two movies are at least fun like they have some fun to them they're comedic um i personally am not a fan but i understand why people are like i like the little puppets they're cool part three is just kind of a whole lot of nothing like the critters are barely there it's a young leonardo dicaprio running around like a big apartment building and then part four just like they drop all the fun it's just like they try to make it serious it's like they're trying to use the Kreitz as a weapon and it, it's weird. And then Critters Attack is like, let's reboot the franchise. We're going to bring back D. Wallace. Um, she's supposed to be the same character, but we can't call her the same character for legal reasons. So we're just going to call her Aunt D and uh, and leave it at that. <laughs> but we're not going to explain why she knows anything about the Kreitz. It's just the wise old lady, right. <laughs> the wise old lady and, in all the horror movies who shows up to, to tell exactly. everyone what's going on, you know, like uh, like the lady in the poltergeist. Exactly. <laughs> She's our Zelda Rubenstein. That's um, her name. <laughs> but, so it's like and then there's like a queen crate and it's it's like a, a happy little white puffball. It's weird. Now, the one thing I will say that I feel this franchise got 100 percent right. And I wish they had have done more with it was Critters, the new binge that I feel like was supposed to go to Adult Swim. It did. It, it, it never said, it, you know, it was, but it's filmed the way an Adult Swim live action show is filmed. And it's okay. a bunch of 10 minute episodes that basically when you put them all together, it's like it's roughly like an hour and a half film. Um, so I just binged it all. It's on Shutter. It's fucking hilarious. Like, first of all. We see a little bit about the Krites that not only are they pretty damn smart, but they have a whole government. Like there's a president Krite and we find out <laughs> that he had sex with an earth woman. Gross. <laughs> the movie is about his spawn who is like Ow. Ow. this fat kid who like never gets enough to eat. And, you know, is always like trying diets, but he's always, you know, like, I always want to eat more. And then we find out because he's part Krite and his grandfather is Gilbert Godfrey. You know, it's like, oh, my God, it was so good. Like, it was so damn funny. And they set it up for a sequel and it fell flat. 
So we never got more critters. But all of that backstory being said, I'm of the mindset that Critters gets a lot of love, and I don't think people go back and rewatch them. I think it's nostalgic love because everyone knew about the Critters in the 80s. And because they ain't that good. Like, none of the movies are really that good. They're kind of a slog. <laughs> yeah, I would probably agree with that. And it's funny, too, because um, as you're talking about the sequels, I'm like, I think I've just, I think I've seen that Leo one, which was part three, which doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense to me because I'm like, well, so like, I guess I must have seen part two, but I, I don't I don't remember <laughs> it. Um, I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think but I think people think of this movie in the way that they think of like the Leprechaun series where it's like, yes, it could have been like really good and serious and scary, but because it's kind of inherently silly just in its concept that it's like, you got to just, you just got to lean into it. You got to just, Oh yeah. Just go full cheese and like have fun with it. Um, but at the same time, like they're, even when they're just trying to have fun with it, they're not really pulling it off, you know. No. Most of the time, like <laughs> some of the, some of those other movies, you know, like I said, like Hellraiser and Leprechaun and all, some of these other weird series that went on and on and on forever. It's like, yeah, they're they're kind of tough. They're tough to get through, you know, unless you're like a real diehard fan. Um, but I gotta say, I did fall asleep watching Critters. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do. I did, but when I woke up and I was more wet rested, I realized, you know, this is, I, I actually do kind of like this movie. It was boring, but I have to say, I don't think it was a bad movie in its execution. I think it was, it fell, I think it was the victim of a bad screenplay and a first time or close to first time director, you know, yeah. making some mistakes. But the director, Stephen Herrick, is actually a really good director and he's made some really cool movies. I mean, you look him up on IMDb and it's like, fuck, man, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, like uh, Rockstar, which I think is underrated. Like mm-hmm. it goes on and on. And he and the guy's still working, you know, and it's like, damn, you know, that that's a really good resume. And some like legitimately good movies not like schlock bullshit but like some legitimately good movies that are also like a ton of fun so and i think uh from just a technical perspective i thought the movie looked pretty good you know i i I had no problem with the way it was made i think it was a good director or again a director at the first time at the helm with some good skill who brought the a-game he had at the time to a shitty script and yeah. it just could not get past how boring it was. I see. I think that's my biggest problem with all five of these films is that while the critters are on the screen, I like it. Like, I'm like, I like the critters. I think they're cool. Like I said, I even like the bounty hunters and like the weird sci-fi elements, but ev- like everything in between all the connective tissue, it just kind of like, Nothing is exciting. It doesn't feel like it needs to be there. It has that feeling of like, how do we get to the next scene with the puppets? And <laughs> yes, very much. I mean, that's that's a problem we see in a lot of Charlie Band movies over at Full Moon, where it's like there's a lot of like the Puppet Master franchise and Demonic Toys is filled with this, where it's like, how do we get to the next kill scene? You know, and sometimes it works out because it's just so bad it's funny. And then other times it's like, okay, this is genuinely interesting. Like, I'm one of the few people that will say I'm genuinely intrigued by the storyline in Puppet Master 2 and 3. I like the storylines in those movies. 
four and five, not so much. And I feel like I'm just waiting for the next puppet attack scene. I kind of feel <laughs> like that with Critters, where it's like none of the characters really grabbed me. And like the one that kind of did was Charlie, but he wasn't really utilized that much in the first movie. I was like, I kind of like Charlie. I'd like to know more about like, why is he such a heavy drinker? Like, why is he the town drunk? He talks about hearing from aliens. Well, what what happened? Like, I want more Charlie, but I don't really care about Brad and April and, and Steve and his fancy car. <laughs> like, I don't I don't care about dad's bowling league. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think this is another one of those symptoms of a bad script because the the screenwriter clearly thought that he was a better writer than he is and yeah. was re- really trying to put a lot of like pathos and emotion and backstory and really fill out the characters but he made the mistake of forgetting that it was a horror movie and so like, all of the human characters are basically fodder except for <laughs> your like final boy final girl but then he was like he forgot that they were fodder and then tried to give everybody a whole like emotional spectrum that we just don't need in this movie, you know? (laughs) And like kudos for him for trying to build three dimensional characters. But this is a movie with a bunch of puppets that are like furry balls with teeth, you know, like not, not the movie for pathos, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And it's like when you do have the critters on the screen and they're saying like when the one gets shot and the other one's like, fuck, and it rolls away. Like, it's funny. There's moments like that where it's like, (laughs) ha, little puppet swore. You know, there's little funny moments like that. But overall, it's just a lot of. All right. Yeah. What's going to happen? Okay, come on. Let's move it along. And then there's a lot of like hand wavy bullshit. Like a lot of hand wavy bullshit. A lot. Oh, Oh, my God. There's so much of it. Like, all throughout, like, the <laughs> fucking bounty hunters coming to town. Why can the one not keep his shit together? Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Why does he, every time he sees a new person, he's like, and just turns into a new monster, or a new person. It's like, what, what's going on? Well, see, I thought that was the one, like, cool character tick that worked. Because I'm like, see, this is an interesting thing that makes this character stand out as an actual character and not just like one of those guys, but it took almost no screen time to explain, you know, it's just, it's just this cool thing that happens. And I actually kind of like that. Had they done more of that with the other characters and saved us the fucking 20 <laughs> minutes, I timed it. It was like tw- more than 20 minutes of bullshit introducing us to, you know, Brad and his like, you know, country farmer dad and his mom and his like older, like slutty sister. And like, I was like, right. dude, this, 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 but there's, they were not intercutting it with like, oh, here comes the critters. You know, they're going to eat something like we didn't get any of that. And we, it nope. was like they open up with a, with a really like hard, hard sci fi opening. And well, I don't want to say hard sci fi that in the sense of like people will think of that as like, you know, scientifically accurate. I'm thinking more of like they went full sci fi, you know. Yeah. So it's it's full sci fi. And then it's like full on boring ass Kansas rural town life for 20 fucking minutes where like, it just felt like there were tumbleweeds blowing through my living room and I fell asleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. But as soon as the puppets got came back and started hurting people, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm here for. You know? right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like they talk, they spend so much time telling us about the, the, the crites and how destructive they are. And like, they, you, you know, you must stop them, you know, kill them, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it, it, it's they make it sound like they're the ultimate killing machine and they kill two people, eat some chickens and destroy a house. 
Yeah, and, and even the house, they destroyed it with, like, a spaceship. Like, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? They, they destroyed a bedroom, and then, yes, they destroyed the house. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. Well, I was going to say, even in the bedroom, like, what kind of, like, you know, intergalactic terrors are these when it took two of them to kind of rip up a pillow? You know, like... <laughs> And, and of course, the one who thinks it's talking to a living thing with the E.T. stuffed animal, like, how intelligent are these things? Like, they can fly a spaceship, but they can't tell that this this clearly stuffed toy is a stuffed toy. I know, right? And they somehow don't manage to kill the house cat, which doesn't make any sense either, because in this type of movie, like, the house cat is early fodder like they killed like you know like the bull you know that they had in like the herd on the farm and then they killed right. the one police officer i mean these are like horror movie tropes like you kill off like the lone cop working the night shift you kill off the household pets you know you kill <laughs> off like you know the, the drunken ranch hand like yep. what's going on but they didn't but they didn't really do any of that you know they kind of fucked it up uh you know <laughs> they, but, they totally did they did they messed it up but there's so much potential here because the director, like I said, he had skills. They only got better over time. And I, I got to say, I really like the idea of the critters for a comedy. I think it's awesome. You know, it's 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 like, uh, you know, fucking Pac-Man times a thousand in your nightmares. And right. like that that would have been an awesome comedic horror movie. But they tried so hard to be serious that it just it it was it wasn't balanced you know it went from yeah. you know s- serious like farm life interrupted by these crazy you know uh the tragic events to like an alien talking to an et doll and then saying fuck <laughs> exactly it's well, like it's so imbalanced and and that's i think uh, the, the the main the main takeaway here is like pick one or the other like if it's going to be comedic lean into the comedy you know, and don't try to to have the scares so much. Like, just fucking lean into the comedy. Like, that's where I, I feel like they succeeded so much in that uh, the new binge, where it was just like, fuck it, we're ge- we're going all out. We're gonna have dude's mom have she screwed a critter. Like, <laughs> we're just gonna go crazy with it. And it was <laughs> funny. It it was legitimately like there were many scenes where I was cackling because it was so stupid that it was like, okay, I dig this. Um, yeah. But like all of the critters films, they try to ride that line where it's like they don't know if they want to be scary or not. And here's a perfect example. Look at Gremlins. Gremlins mm-hmm. rides that fine line of we want to be an all ages horror film. So we're going to make with the yucks, but we're still going to have some moments of genuine creepiness. And the mm-hmm. first critter or first Gremlins movie really does have some genuinely spooky moments like the whole attack with the mom. You know, yeah. When, oh, yeah, like for sure. that whole sequence is creepy, um, but they also have a lot of funny moments, too. But then it's like, OK, you know what? The comedy needs to be that's need That needs to be where we focus. So look at Gremlins, too. They leaned into the comedy. They went full on, you know, action comedy with it. And mm. people hold that up better than the first movie. Like it, it personally, I like the first one better, but I know tons of people, including you, that enjoy the second yep. one more. And I understand why, because it was a very like they had their their sights set on what they wanted to do and they did it. You know, they were yeah. more finalized. Whereas with this, it feels like they never decided, do we want to be funny? Do we want to be scary? You know, and, and that hurts it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that there's there's like a spectrum, right? If you're going to make a horror comedy or any movie where you like mix up the genre, but you have to be careful like where that that fader switch goes. You know, you can't yes. push it too far to the horror side because then the 
the the comedy might be out of place. You can't push it too far to the to the comedy side. Like you got to find the right sweet spot. But it's also sucks when it's right in the middle because then you don't know what you what you what you are. And I think yeah. that's the problem here that we're both trying to we're both getting to the point of saying that it rides the line, but it rides it so much on the fence that it just needs to fucking pick a side already. You know, just pick yeah. one. And so that's what I think that we should do uh, as we you know keep talking here is I want to talk about what if we just picked a side with critters? Now we yeah. could go full comedy. I don't think we need that. I think there's lots of movies out there that 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 did that. You know, and I I think it would be really more interesting if we say, okay, let's take this movie about these you know popples gone bad, <laughs> and we say, how do we actually make it scary? Like, what if Stephen Herrick was really able to just go full horror movie, maybe have a couple of jokes in that Friday the Thirteenth kind of humor where you lighten the mood a little bit, but really it's going to be like ninety five percent creep out. How do yeah. we do that? I think that would be a really cool experiment to talk about. I agree. I th- I think that I think that would be the more uh, interesting way to go, only because all of these eighties little monster movies, um, they all share a comedic element. Even stuff like Child's Play, where it's like, you know, they're clearly mm-hmm. leaning into the horror. You still have Chucky telling the old couple, fuck you. Like, you still have those comedic moments. Um, and then there are the ones where they lean straight up into the horror. And some of them fail. Like, you know, you got your Dolly Dearest. Didn't quite work. Um, but then you have stuff like Trilogy of Terror. Now, personally, watching it as a grown-ass adult, I find Trilogy of Terror hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but seeing it as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and All like, that I, little creepy dolls and shit. Ugh, fuck that. Oh, yeah. I know several people that are scarred by the Zuni doll. Like, like they know it's cheesy, but like the look of the Zuni doll scares them so bad. And because of when they saw that movie, they don't want to watch the movie again. So it's like there, it can be done. Like you can do a full on scary movie with little monsters. Like it's, it's possible. It's just not utilized often. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I mentioned it to you before offline, but that's how I feel about the movie dolls. It's just like, yeah, I I know that it shouldn't really be scary, but based on how old I was and when I saw it and just the execution, you know, dolls from 1986, you know, at the same year this came out. uh, Yeah. I I don't like watching dolls and I can watch (laughs) it and be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like I see what's happening. I'm an adult now, but I saw it when I was like seven years old and it's like, I was like, fuck that movie. No way. No, I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, shit. When we covered that on the boogeyman's closet, like I went into it, with the the concept of like okay i've i've seen this movie before it's you know i know it's cheesy it's fine and i'm legit watching it like you know for the show getting creeped out like i'm sitting here going i shouldn't be creeped but i i am (laughs) exactly well i would love it if we could i would love it if we could capture that same feeling with critters you know of like yeah. yeah i know it's a silly movie about little creatures but can we turn the lights on in here? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you pull your feet up on the couch, you know, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to leave them down there and let something jump up and get you. <laughs> I think, to, I think to this day, arachnophobia is the only movie that makes me pull my feet up off the couch oh, or onto the couch. <laughs> dude, that, that friggin' movie, man. Like after what we, again, another one we covered for the show, I was scarred for life. When I first saw the movie, I was permanently stuck doing the thing where I'd wrap my hand in toilet paper and go around the underside of the rim of the toilet because I was so scared that there was a fucking (laughs) spider in there because of that movie. 
yeah. then like oh, yeah. I broke that habit. And then I watched it for the Boogeyman's Closet, and I immediately started doing that again for a couple months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Every time I see it, there's at least a couple of days afterwards where I'll be in the shower, and then I'll suddenly just, like, pop my eyes open and look between my feet. Like, what was that? Oh, that's just the water hitting my toes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay. So so here's, here's the thing. I think that Child's Play is another great example that you brought up. Um and also, um, I guess probably dolls, but um, I think what helps these movies the, with these kind of silly concepts, what helps them to actually kind of be scary is you got to set the tone right from the beginning, like from the first scene, set the yeah. tone that you're trying to go for so that the audience knows what they're in for. Right. And the problem the critters faced is that it started the movie with this outer space, like sci-fi sequence where, you know, I guess the Krites are like prisoners and being transported to some kind of like prison camp on like an asteroid somewhere, I guess. And, but like the aliens that they, we showed on screen all looked really silly. And the, the dialogue that we got was clearly like Midwestern American accents with like modern slang. Like they weren't even trying to pretend to make it sound like these were aliens translated into English, you know, and it was just goofy, like right from the beginning. Um, but yeah, so the Krites escape, they steal one of the ships, you know, they're off supposedly to find some place to feed on their way to somewhere. We never, I I don't know. We ever find out where they were supposed to be going. Um, and then, uh, I guess the guy who runs the prison or whatever, he looks like an idiot. He looks terrible, terrible alien design. You know, he he sends these, like, two, like, shape-shifting bounty hunters after the Krites. you got to find them. You know, they're going to stop and feed. But if they stop, they're going to eat everything. And it's, like, they're trying to make it sound scary. But mm-hmm. they also already said, like, in literally, like, the second or third line of dialogue, the pilot who was bringing them to the prison says that he killed two of them because they were eating too much. Right. So right off the bat, I'm like, okay, they must not be very tough. If dude just killed two of them, like it was nothing. Like he just squashed them like Mm -hmm. bugs, I guess. So like, this is a terrible setup for a movie where we're supposed to be scared of the creatures that they already killed two of them off screen. You know, they, (laughs) they, they look like little like stuffed animals. And even the guy who's supposedly scared that they escaped is kind of like, yeah, go ahead. It's cool. Like you'll find them. They'll stop somewhere. They'll eat. They'll be fine. You know? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? So yeah. So just off to a horrible, horrible start. So I want to change this whole beginning sequence. Right. So again, so the, yeah, so the carts get to earth, they land or in like Kansas somewhere, even though half the license plates have New York on them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, they get out and they're like looking to like feed and they land near like the Browns farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And then, you know, they're eating the cattle or whatever. And then here come the uh, the shape shifting bounty hunters and they watch apparently all of Earth TV at once. And then, you know, <laughs> one dude shape shifts into some like terrible, <laughs> terrible uh, rock star guy. Johnny Steele, power of the night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and man, that actor, I forget his name, but he looks so much like uh, Tim Curry. It was freaking me out. Right. Um, he, he does, really right? He does. He really, really does. Yeah. Anyway, um, Terrence Mann. Yeah, yeah. And I think I a bunch of stuff. I was like, dude, maybe just because he was younger. But anyway, yeah. And then the other bounty hunter uh, who isn't, you know, Char- was, what's his name? Johnny Steele. Johnny Steele. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then there's the other one who like can't he can't settle on a face for some reason to try to like blend into Earth. And then you know whatever. And that's where and then we then we spend 20 minutes meeting these boring ass Kansans that are so stereotypically like yawn inducing <laughs> that I don't care. Exactly. Oh god. I was only interested because the actor who plays Brad, the like tween, basically main character, Scott Grimes, I recognized him because he grows up and he was a main character on ER for fucking like a decade as uh, as Archie. Oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was one of the main characters of ER, like sort of in that like second era when it was like none of the original cast were still there. And But yeah, he was on ER for a long ass time. Anyway, um, so here's what I say we do. I say we start creepy as much as we can like right off the bat right you gotta set the tone set the tone and i don't want to like dominate the whole conversation here so jump in but before we get into like what i want to change i think in terms of the plot i think the main thing that i want to change is a little bit about the critters themselves because i love the idea that they like (laughs) they like roll up into a ball you know like a hedgehog or whatever and then they roll yeah <laughs> and I think from from the perspective of like creating a memorable creature for like a horror movie, like success, right? Little yeah. porcupine spiked little balls of death that literally like roll at you, you know, like tumbleweeds. Cool. Except yep. it's but it's silly. And so I think that is an element that needs to go if we're going to try to make this critters scary. I think the fact that they're like little balls that roll at you is weird and no one's going to be really terrified of that. So I think instead we had, so again, we take this idea that there's these little small furry creatures, these crazy like porcupine spines, they can shoot them at people. There's like this neurotoxin in them and they fucking eat everything that they see. They're like insatiable. And and then we kind of saw in the movie, but they never really explained it that later on they get bigger and bigger and bigger as they eat more. Um, and I think that, that that there's some interesting stuff we can do with that um, to, so that they kind of like evolve as they get bigger. Yeah. But yeah, so it, picture the critters as they exist, but not in a ball shape, but just really more of like, here's this little like, I'm thinking like a like a ferret with like porcupine quills, you right. know. Um, so it can be a little bit, and it has, I, I picked ferret because, you know, it's, they're a little serpentine, they're a little weird looking, you know, they kind of slither around and like ferrets are cute and all, but with porcupine spines and weird glowing red eyes, like that'd be icky, you know? Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have them, I say we, um, that's where we start. Like we got to change, make them a, look a little bit creepier. And then from there, what we do is we, we fuck this whole prison thing and then, then they send the bounty hunters and all this bullshit. I say we just open with two bounty hunters, have a hole full of critters, like a bunch of them. Like they got mm-hmm. a whole clutch of critters, like dozens of them that they captured. And with some bullshit dialogue, we captured them on like Xylon 12 or whatever the fuck, you know, some <laughs> right. planet. And then they're taking them to this prison but as the but then you know some guy you hear some guy some alien voice that's translated to like oh like steer clear of earth you know intelligent life don't let him pick you know pick up your signal blah 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 and then that's when the critters decide or that they figure out hey we can escape like they heard that they heard that intelligent life and i'm not thinking of them so much as like a hive mind but more of like you know they're they're like a i don't know i don't know what you call a group of like rodents but you know they're like a like a, a mischief of rats you know they're yeah. right they're kind of all thinking together and 
I say that they overpower the bounty hunter guys, you know, they, they crash land on earth and then they escape, but the bounty hunter guys are still alive, but like injured. So they need like a minute to like get themselves together. Right. right. And then they're going to, Oh shit. They've lost their, their, uh, they've lost their cargo on an intelligent populated planet. Oh fuck. Right. And then when the ship crashes, we just see these things like, at night, they just scatter into like the wilderness, like scatter into the darkness in like all right. directions. And these two bounty hunter guys are just like, fuck, you know? <laughs> um, but of course, they need like a minute to get themselves healed up, fixed up, whatever it is that they do. And that little bit of time, even if it's just like an hour, is enough time for the critters to kind of spread, right? And I, I think right. we can do that whole sequence in like a quick five minutes, maybe 10, at top, 10 tops. Right. And we, we get the critters to like the farm, like the critters spread it out in the darkness. The bounty hunters look up, Hey, where are we? And then they see like, I'm actually looking at the, 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 uh, the VHS box cover art on IMDV, or maybe it's a poster and there's like a silhouette of the farmhouse. And I'm like, they, yeah. they look up and they see that and they're like, Oh shit, people, you know, whatever. And then we cut into the farmhouse and then we get to meet the family. Right. Um, okay. I, a couple of things I want to jump in with. Yeah. Um, so First things first, like as much as I agree, like the ball thing is silly. Um, I have a way that we can actually make that work because because, again, there's such tiny little things to see them walk. They'd be wobbling from side to side, you know, look kind of mm-hmm. funny. And since they're hand puppets, you know, you want to have some kind of like way to show them being mobile. So sure. one of the things I was thinking very similar, very similar wavelengths with the opening. Um, I was thinking the same thing with bounty hunters or even like some kind of like peacekeepers or so, some kind of intergalactic you know, uh, organization that, you know, like a cleanup crew almost. Yeah. Um, Cause I was thinking of the critters as being what they should have been, which is like alien locust. You know, they just yeah, devour everything in sight. And like, I kind of like the idea of them working with a hive mind, like where they're not extremely intelligent. Like I don't want them cracking wise and making the jokes like we saw in the original. Like, I don't want them extremely intelligent, but intelligent enough but here was the the tweak I was thinking for like keep the look right, make the mouth wider, get rid of the eyes. So oh, okay, like, have like them little ises from the max. Right, exactly. Like just these eating machines that are basically feel vibrations. So very much like the tremors. So they mm-hmm. like they feel what's happening around them. So when they're rolling around in those little balls, like they're feeling everything hitting the ground. So if you try to run, they're going to know exactly what direction you're running in and they're going to turn and start chasing after you. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah, yeah. going to be more like like almost like mix a quiet place in with critters where it's like you got to be super quiet and, you know, move around very gingerly or they're going to hear you. And the other thing I was thinking of is instead of just doing the farmhouse siege, which I do like, I do like the farmhouse siege and I get why they did it because, you know, budgetary constraints and all that. But I feel like with a movie like this to make it scary you need the whole town under siege. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So to have that, so like, like, let's say we'll go with what you said, have the bounty hunters crash, you know, they're supposed to be, uh, you know, getting, getting these things. Maybe they're taking them to like be exterminated. Um, and they, they end up crashing, they scatter and they just start fucking eating everything in sight. You know, they're, they're eating, we see them mm-hmm. eating like deer, eating cows, like just freaking going bananas. Like a bunch of animals are getting slaughtered by these little fucking fur balls. And then they kind of roll into town and then we can have like 
like chaos happen all over. So we have the, the small police force of like two <laughs> being completely yeah. <laughs> overwhelmed because they're getting calls from every which way, you know, like, you know, all oh, the bars have, there's like, there's something, you know, something attacking people over at the bar. Like they think it's a wild dog. And then there's like, Hey, you know, the brat was it uh, the Browns, the Browns just called their something's attacking their cattle, you know? And it's like, you got all this stuff. And then suddenly the cops realize like, Oh shit, it's everywhere. And now we have the bounty hunters come in and try to like work with the police force of two, you know, to try to like help save the people of this little town. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, I definitely like that. So I think we can combine the two because I, I like the the farmhouse uh, siege. And there was one particular thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I that I thought of that I thought would be a really good visual. Again, I think it will help to drive home how fucking scary these things really are, mm-hmm. but also just give us some good creep out moments for the audience. Yeah. So I think we start at the farmhouse and then we like move to town, right? Like yeah. uh, we start with a little bit of it because then we can we can get this fodder that we just introduced and then we actually get to fucking kill them. We get to see the critters, you know, like just <laughs> right. go crazy like the fucking blob, you know, but like with teeth, you know, going yeah. crazy on this family. And then, you know, they they, uh, you know, they tag along in like a police cruiser back to town and oh, fuck, you know. Um, so <laughs> but here's the thing that I wanted I was thinking about and I was trying to think before we started recording uh, how do we make the critters scary? And of course, I, I already explained how I think we kind of need to tweak their body shape or whatever a little bit, make the creatures themselves scarier. Mm-hmm. But then I was th- I was thinking about the title of the movie because I originally I was like, well, maybe critters is a bad title. Maybe that's part of the problem, right? Is that you have a movie with a silly title? If it had, if it was a more serious title, you know, it, maybe you know it would be a little bit scarier. Like I can't remember what Tremors was originally supposed to be called, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I remember they changed it to. Tremors to make it like a little bit less goofy sounding. Yeah. Um, I forget what it was. Maybe it was just, what do what they actually call those tremor worm Graboids. That's what it was. <laughs> like, like if the movie had been called Graboids, you would have been like, ha, huh, this is going to be hilarious. You know? Right. That's <laughs> so, true. That's true. But then I was thinking, no, Critters is an interesting title. And it's one of those, it's a good word. It's, it makes sense in terms of like, it's the Midwest, you know, people use words like critters and varmints <laughs> and shit like that, you know? <laughs> right. It's something that's original to this pro- this franchise that you can kind of latch on to that isn't like a generic, you know, boring name. But I was thinking, well, how do we repurpose the name? Is it just is it really that these monsters from space are the critters or is it something else? Or maybe we could just add another layer. Anyway, what I'm, my, what I'm getting at is I think that we can increase the creep factor by making it that the critters aren't just the monsters, but thematically it's also other animals so just just go with me for a second right because i'm totally on board with you just having them eat fucking everything because that's what they were supposed to do like that was how they were described right but what if they're again they're weird aliens and they have these spines with like this toxin maybe they even give off some kind of a pheromone and like the bounty hunters will explain this to the cops like sometime later but what i what i'm picturing is that uh they're and human animals or earth animals can sense that these things are nearby. And when they sense that they're nearby, they're not going to get scared or freak out, but they're, they're literally, maybe they smell the pheromone, whatever it is. I'm thinking that like, let's picture like a, like a, um, there's a fox, all right. That, that's just 
out outside somewhere and the fox knows they're nearby it's going to tense up it's going to freak out what's nearby but then the fox is going to start fucking like convulsing and freaking out and going crazy you know like or like a cat going nuts on like catnip just freaking out right Mm -hmm. and then it's going to kind of shake off this little spasm and its fucking eyes are glowing red its teeth are bared its lips are curled back and it's just it, it has immediately gone rabid it's like an instant like rabid rabies attack and if, okay. ev- if every animal that the critters came near just went like crazy rabid all of a sudden, it would increase like the threat level. And so what I'm picturing is we see the, the critters rush off into like the wilderness or the, 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 the brush or whatever, like the, the bounty hunters see them. They're like, oh, fuck. And then we cut to the farmhouse. We get to meet the Browns. We get some bullshit. Give every one of them like one little character, you know, trait that we can kind of right. latch on to. Like we don't need 20 minutes of, of their whole backstory. We don't get, I don't care about the fucking bowling league. You know, we give them something and then they hear something outside, right? Which happened in the movie. They hear something outside and like dad grabs a flashlight. He's going to go out and, you know, precocious Brad's going to sneak out of the house and follow <laughs> him. Right. And of that's dad. <laughs> right and as the dad is like you know creeping outside because of course dad just walks right outside in the darkness you know like fearless <laughs> he's, yep. he's panning his like flashlight around and he sees like you know he can see kind of a little bit further away there's like oh like one of the one of the steers is like falling down on the ground like wonder what's wrong and oh shit like where, where's half my fence and then he pans the flashlight over and there's like a coyote or and it just looks at him and it's like glowing red crazy looking eyes like teeth snarl like drool just like flying out of its mouth just like and then fucking attacks him and just goes to black and then you just see or it, it cuts the scene and then you see brad like just start screaming because he's seeing this from like in the tree where he's hiding as this like crazy rabid coyote just eats, just tears the shit out of his dad and then here comes like a rat and here comes like a rabbit and here comes like one of the the, the steer <laughs> and, it's, right. and and then you think oh fuck so it's actual critters like actual animals and then <laughs> And then Brad has his flashlight and he shines it around and he just sees like red eyes like glinting in the in the flashlight everywhere he looks. And then here comes this like wave of critters. They're like they're going to eat the animals that just ate the dad. You know, it's like it's like there's like this uh, uh, harbinger wave of like rabid animals who come first and then the critters are coming, you know, and this is cool because then when you when you when you start to when you start to get the later on, like some shit will happen. Like Brad's going to scream. Mom's going to call the cops, whatever. Like the, the sheriff comes out, like we can kind of fill this in. But what I'm thinking is we fast forward a little bit. And as the sheriff starts hearing calls from all over town, it's not because the critters have spread that fast, but it's because like the livestock is like, you know, killing the farm hands and all of the, yes. the, house, the household pets are like attacking little Susie, you know? And it's like, whole, like the, it's like the whole town is the, all of the outlying farmhouses. Suddenly it's like the animals are turning on everybody. And it's like, they think that that's the problem. And they don't even realize that there's this like furry locust wave coming behind. Okay. I, I like it. One, one question, one tweak possibly. What if instead of a pheromone, what if it was the quills? So now there you go. they shoot them with the quills. Maybe it's, it's to incapacitate the animals. But, mm-hmm. like, if they don't get eaten right away, like, once they get up, they've been infected with whatever poison or or pheromone thing, whatever's on this quill, it fucks with their head. Like, it, it makes them go crazy. So it's, like, maybe it's something, like, you only have so long to live after being poisoned by this. 
and it fucks with your brain. So they start going rabid and crazy. This way we can have people get hit with it later and have them almost like go full zombie. Like, oh, yeah. Have them just like, just like fucking lose like the crazies, just lose their shit and yeah. start attacking before like, you know, being overwhelmed by the critters and having the critters eat them, you know, because maybe it's like a way to incapacitate their, their, uh, their victims. But if they don't eat them right away, they are crazy until they die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's how we explain that. Right. Because right off the bat, I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't the critters just eat everything? Like they're supposed to, like, why would they leave anything behind? So what if the critters, it is, it is like a hive mind and, and, and just picture like a wave of rats running down like a sidewalk where they, it's like they're in formation. Right. Right. So yes, as they're like, they're, they're kind of zigzagging like through, you know, the, the outlying fields and shit to this farmhouse like oh look there's a cow get that oh look there's a fox get that oh look there's a there's a clutch of rabbits underground get that and like yeah they're kind of just mowing through shit like a like a lawnmower out of you know (laughs) out of control you know right and yeah so when the dad goes out there with the flashlight he doesn't just see like this crazy like rabid coyote he sees a crazy rabid coyote with like three legs and half of its ribcage exposed and like half of its face is gone and he's like this fucking like half skull crazy red eyed zombie coyote who's in two fucking jumps on him you know Who didn't get finished being eaten yeah 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 so then it, <laughs> so then it's not a, it's not a whole bunch of animals it's just oh fuck this like this coyote who was just on the edge of the swarm you know he but now he's crazy so he's going to attack dad and then yeah maybe there's like one other animal and then brad's like what the fuck and then like that attracts the wave and you can it's almost like you hear like this wind rustling in the grass and Pratt's like what's that and then oh shit here it comes and it just runs right over like dad and coyote and bunny and fucking everything and then when they're done it's just like it's just like bones it's like the leftover like chickens in the coop after the wolf gets in you know (laughs) and and i think i I know you brought up is's and that kind of that that cemented it for me the look that i was trying to to figure out with the movement, it's how the is's move in the Max cartoon. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's just like that tight. When you said they're in formation, that's what solidified it. Because it's like, yeah, it's like that fucking tidal wave of teeth. They're just, there you go. They're just moving at you and just devouring everything in their path. Nice. And like I, that's fucking terrifying to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I wasn't even th- I wasn't even really thinking of the is's and e- even though you mentioned it and or you described it, I mentioned it and I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, I did kind of talk about that. Right. But <laughs> yeah. no, but this is good. Right. Because this would have been like years before the Max came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like 10 so, years. <laughs> exactly. Right. So then we have like Brad is screaming in the, this tree. He can't get out like his mom in the farmhouse hears him. She's freaking out. She doesn't know what's going on. She's just going to call the sheriff. Right. April's in the barn with Billy Zane right after, you know, <laughs> right after dinner, right? So yep. maybe, maybe maybe that scene when we first meet them, they're all at the dinner table, and that's why they all get a chance to kind of talk, and we get their little dynamic, and they all get their one little personality tick, right? And then, right. yeah, April's in the barn with Billy Zane, and then, you know, that's the one thing I didn't understand about this movie is why was he so reluctant? Like, was he really so scared of <laughs> April's dad that he wasn't just going to, like, you know, get in there? Because, come on, like, she was not, like, hesitating, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think he was scared of her. <laughs> yeah, probably. He was like, whoa, slow down. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, and just like in and the real movie where he like reaches up to put the music on or something and then something bites his fingers off. But I wouldn't have it be that like a crate bit his fingers off. I would have it. He reaches up to like turn the radio up or off or whatever. And then, yeah, like a, like a feral barn cat just goes for him and like, Oh shit. Like the cat just 
bit his fucking fingers off, and then we see we see spines sticking out of its like face and shit, like it got attacked by the by the crate somehow. And right. then yeah, and then, and then I don't know, whatever. We can maybe there's some other animals, but yeah, he's just he's gonna get taken down by like feral barn cats while April's freaking out, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and we ha- and it gives us our cat jump scare, so it totally works because it's an right. '80s horror movie. Right there, you go. There you go. And, oh, and let's not forget too that in the in the real movie there was there was the house cat we mentioned before, which is named Chewy. And I don't want to forget that because man, that name is not a coincidence, right? So <laughs> no. we we got to hang on to Chewy. Like Brad's gonna rescue Chewy somehow, right? But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So April's not gonna survive this barn. I'm sorry. No. She she's a slut in a horror movie. She, she can't she <laughs> cannot <go>. live. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Them's the rules. I know. Right? No, and I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't call her a slut. You know, she she was a uh, woman <laughs> who knew what she wanted, and you know, she's very empowered and wasn't gonna, you know, wait around like some stereotypical conservative little waif. You know, she went for what she wanted, and all credit to her. Except, I'm sorry, you're in a horror movie, April. <laughs> she she was a sexually aggressive teenager. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> she was very enlightened, but. I'm sorry, you're in a horror movie and you live in the countryside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're not making you're it out screwed. of this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but hey, hey, Billy went first, right? He went yep. first. Of <laughs> um, I kind of picture like, oh, dude, imagine. Okay, so you got them up in the loft. The feral cats attack Billy, uh, Steve, whatever, <laughs> Billy Zane. They're attacking him. She's freaking out. And then, like, have her, like, fall into the hay down below and see the swarm just, like, swoop in through the open doors and just start eating everything. So she's just taken over in the tidal wave. Oh, oh, and I would love to see it. Like, she falls on her back and she, like, looks up. So we see the crites upside down because we haven't really gotten a good look at him yet, right? And so it'd be cool if we saw the wave coming in upside down from her perspective as she was just, like, ah, screaming. And and then she just gets swarmed, like, just scared beetles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Teeth to the face. Nice, yes. Oh, man. I'm kind Um, of picturing them like the monsters from Attack the Block. You know, oh like, yeah, okay. You where they were like that 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 like matte black, but they have like the the big fucking mouth of teeth and like no visible eyes. Mm-hmm. Like there might be eyes in there, who knows? They're all furry, but like you know, just it's the teeth that you see first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and, and, we, and we and we definitely gotta we gotta see them shooting off some of these quills, and we see them in some of the animals because we don't really know what they do yet, right? But we just we're just gonna see this. So the Browns are not the heroes of this movie, and they are not going to survive this, right? No. <laughs> um, but we are gonna see the the uh, the sheriff or the deputy, or whoever, right? He's gonna come out to the farmhouse. We kind of kind of fast forward a little bit because I think we we kind of have a good setup, right? Yeah. yeah. So like the the sheriff or the deputy comes out to the farmhouse to find out what's going on. He gets like swarmed, and maybe this is where we see the bounty hunters like they rescue him, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. These guys are still in the game, right? We, we, let's not forget that they're they're here. Right. Have them have them rescue one of them maybe there's two guys in the car right they they rescued like the old pro the rookie is you know gone <laughs> you know yeah because <laughs> again it can't be your it can't be your first day in the first day on the job in a horror movie because you're gonna die too <laughs> you know um true. <laughs> anyone young cocky and cocksure sorry man you shouldn't have been here uh <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah. So you know, the bounty hunters like save the old pro. They they jump up on top of the car. You know, the bounty hunters are able to like get the you know the crates to kind of go away. And here we're going to see that they actually can be killed, right? But pretty easily. But there's just a lot of them. You know, there's just right. It's so many. They're hard to find, and they're dark, and they're they're small. They they can hide easily. Uh, so they're you know, like, it's again, it's like trying to kill cockroaches. You can kill a cockroach, but it's like, how do you find all of them? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So then. I want to I want to have them like, you know, well, we got to go, you know, get Mrs. Brown. They go back to the house. And then when the sheriff and the buying hunters get there, they open up the front door and it's like chaos. Like, sorry, Mrs. Brown, like the the crites got in there and just fucked that shit up the whole. And we see the whole house like holes in the like they ate right through the walls. They ate everything out of the refrigerator, and the pantry. You know, they just and of course, as they're going to the house, they just see like half a cow here and there. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> they just messed this place up and the bounty hunters they're going to explain to the sheriff as our point of view character that like okay you know this is what they are and like we can stop them and you know blah 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 sheriff has to get over his like shock of like meeting sci-fi creatures you know and then then they kind of faintly hear brad yelling like like what you know and then of course he's still in the tree right Mm -hmm. they get brad brad's like no chewy where's chewy we gotta save him and like somehow chewy is was you know he jumps off the attic or whatever like somehow he was on the roof and like didn't get eaten so yeah and then we get brad and chewy the house cat the bounty hunters and the sheriff they all pile into like what's left of the sheriff's car and you know and they're 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 trying to head to town but you know little do they know that there's like you know crites trailing them or like hell even like hidden in the trunk or something you know right i think i i think i want them to see i, I like the idea of the crites tra- trailing them but again i wanted to have them like already kind of spreading out and attacking the town. So here, sure. here, here's what I think would be fun is we see a bunch of critters following them, like, like a wave, like right, like rolling down the street behind them where it's like, you know, move, move, move. We got to get out of here. We got like, you know, the whole, like the chase. Cause you got to have that. Um, then they get to town only to see like the scene in gremlins where they're just like, people are running across the street with like gremlins <laughs> on their back. Just yes. utter chaos. Just see like fires coming out of windows and like critters devouring people, like them falling down, being ripped apart, like just like holy shit. And this gives us a chance for the bounty hunters to use their giant ray guns that they loved using in the original movie yep. over and over again to blow up pianos and doors um, <laughs> and a toilet. Not but very really rarely an actual crate. <laughs> yeah, in fact, only what once they <laughs> an actual crate. The other yeah, ones were so. killed by D. Wallace. Right. And uh, and uh, M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, really? Um, but yeah, so have them bust out the, the giant hand cannons and just start fucking shooting left and right. And then maybe we can have like the, the, the leftovers of the town, you know, end up holding up in one building and kind of now we can have our actual siege movie, which was originally the siege at the barn, because. It is pretty scary when you're trapped and surrounded. Like a siege movie has its merits for being scary. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's like the two bounty hunters or maybe only one of the bounty hunters, maybe one of them gets killed. You know, maybe it gets oh, yeah. overwhelmed by by the, you know, the the critter swarm and maybe this is why Charlie ends up going off to space with them at the end of the movie cuz like he recruits him as his partner. 
you know, because they okay. never explain why Charlie goes to space and then he comes back <laughs> later. It's like, oh, all right, Charlie's back, you know. <laughs> OK, so we didn't even really talk about Charlie. So, yeah, like in the actual Critters movie, he's, you know, like this alcoholic uh, farmhand. You mentioned earlier, he's like he thinks he's hearing signals from space. Everyone in town kind of thinks he's crazy. He so far hasn't shown up in our you know, improv improved version of the movie. Right. And I don't really think he should be at the farm because he would be slaughtered by now, you know, right. but maybe at some point we could have a scene where it's like, you know, just like in the real movie where he's like, you know, sleeping it off in like the holding cell at like the sheriff's office. And he like never went admitted to work that day. And thank God, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you wouldn't but, be here today. But really, it doesn't matter. He could he could even just be, you know, like the like the uh, the, the crazy harbinger of doom in town who's always, you know, <laughs> telling people that like the end is nigh because he hears like weird signals in his fillings, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that description, the end is nigh because he hears weird, weird things in his fillings. Yes, exactly. That's right. amazing. Got to have a crown, a town crazy. But like in this case, the town crazy, like it was telling the truth, you know, just just like, you know, a, a lot of harbingers are doomed. They're usually actually right. And then they get right. killed. You know, but <laughs> no one believes them. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they get to town and get, now we get to introduce some new characters. Like there's the reverend. There's like, you know, town crazy Charlie. We already killed one deputy. Maybe there's like, uh, you know, the other one who, you know, was just coming on for the next shift, you know, whatever. There's like the dispatcher lady, a couple of random, you know, nameless townsfolk. The guy who works at the pet store is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's done. But I think, yeah, let's have them hold up somewhere. They hold up in the police station or, or or the sheriff's office or maybe hell, like maybe like the church, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, then we have like whatever it is. We got to pick a cool like uh, set piece. And then, yeah, we, then we have like a whole siege and it's like the critters are trying to get in. So let's pick a spot where where would the Krites want desperately to get in? Like what would be attracting attractive to them you know like if it was locusts on like a field of corn or you know bears on honey or whatever like right what what could we think of in the town where it's like we well, yeah, the crites could they're, they're gonna eat everything on their path but oh this smells good over here you know uh, because then it would be interesting if it, we we had some of our characters sort of accidentally get stuck in there and now like they can't get out but the critters really want to get in because i mean i don't know like a butcher shop would be kind of what about what about a slaughterhouse that could be good it could even just be like the little local grocer you know but i mean imagine how creepy this would be to be like they're first of all slaughterhouse is going to have a lot of openings you're going to have your your freaking you know the chute that you're putting all the refuse out of you know, you're going to have the big opening where you're bringing the cattle in all that. Like there's going to be a lot of openings and it's going to be a big open area with lots of bladed implements and blood <laughs> and gore and chains and spooky shit. So imagine like, you know, they end up getting chased in there and like trying to lock it up. But now the crates are freaking out because they, they smell like it's like chumming the water. Like yeah, they smell sure. all the blood. So they're like breaking in left, right and center. And the, the townsfolk are having their last stand where it's like they're wasting all their ammo, you know, like trying to, you know, trying to kill these motherfuckers. Um, and then this is where we could have like Charlie could bring up his little homemade fireworks. You know, we could mm-hmm. have him have his little satchel of them and have him start plugging them in the meat. Like, put okay, them in the yeah, meat, all, like the carcasses that, you know, and then have them like light them and run type of thing and, and have the critters swarm in and try to like. 
you know, eat the meat and then get a bunch of them blown up. So it's like we just took out a chunk. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of like, we need like a big final, like climactic explosion or like secret weapon or, yeah, right. I, I definitely like the idea of using some of the firecrackers to blow some of them up. Like in the real movie, it was like one firecracker that blew up a whole spaceship, like right. very <laughs> hand wavy, you know? Well, how um, about this? How about we, we, okay. So let's not, not, let's not blow them up there. Let's, let's, let's have them run out of the slaughterhouse. Like maybe, uh, they, they, you know, they get attacked. Like they're trying to drive out of town. They get swarmed. They get out of the car, and then the nearest building is the slaughterhouse. So they get in. They're fighting them off. Once they realize the Krites are going after all the the dead cows and some of the live cow that are outside and all that, mm-hmm. they're distracted long enough for them to get the fuck out of there. But maybe that's what gives Brad the idea of like. If we stuffed one of the like we stuffed a carcass with a bunch of firecrackers, you know, we could lure them out to the middle of town and blow them up. So they go to like the town butcher and Mm -hmm. like, you know, get a bunch of like carcasses, (laughs) like legs of lamb and whatnot and just start piling it in the center of town. But like putting his firecrackers all in and like, you know, run a little wick or fuse from there for them to light. So, of course, you can have the moment where it's like, you know, the 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 fuse is lit and moving toward the meat and then something puts it out and they're like, oh, no. And someone's got to run out to light it again. Or, you know, you got to throw a lit firecracker in there to blow it up. You could have some tension building with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing to, I, I, I definitely like this. I'm picturing to that, like, this would be a really cool sequence for, like, you know, oh, like the fire went out, of, like the sheriff is like, oh, I'll get it. And he goes out there and then he just gets, like, like, uh, bam, 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 like uh, quills in his arm as he's reaching for Ooh. it. And it's like, oh, fuck, like they're coming. But then he just got, and we're going to see him just start foaming at the mouth and convulse. And, like, you mentioned having, like, zombies earlier. We haven't really seen that yet. And it'd be yeah. really cool if it was, like, one of our, like, sort of main cast characters, you know? Uh, so, and then he, he kind of co- goes down. And then the other human characters are just like, oh, shit, like, now what are we going to do? And so they're holed up in, like, the butcher shop or whatever trying to figure out, well, fuck, we got to get some fire out there. Like, you know, and they're literally doing things like, can we, like, you know, light up, like, an arrow and shoot it? Or who's got a gun or, you know, something, <laughs> right. you know, because they don't see the crites. And maybe there's one guy who's, like, you know, he's, like, the lookout. Like, they're out there somewhere. Like, I don't know where they came from. And then we see the sheriff get up and they're like, oh, oh, he's fine, you know. And then, <laughs> and, then he, and then he starts, like, stumbling back toward the and then they're like, okay, well, quick, open the door. And they open the door and they let the sheriff in. They're like, you know, you know, I, I don't know what his name is. Like, Sheriff Steve, you okay? And then you yeah. just see him look up with like, the glowing, like, red eyes and, you know, and just, ah, and yep. it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> now that <they just laughs> I love like, a zombie, like, in the in the shop with him. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know, what we could we could do there is, like, you know, maybe because at this point we don't know if there are any other townsfolk left alive, right? So, like, because people are holed up in buildings and whatever, maybe, yeah. like, we can have them like try into because I'm picturing like Main Street, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they have them try to like run to another building. Like maybe the crates start busting through the windows and they're like, crap, we're not safe here. Go into another building, find like a blood trail and then find like, you know, you know old Mrs. Smith, like <laughs> old Granny <laughs> Smith type of thing. Like look up from the darkness with like glowing red eyes and a mouth like covered in blood where she's oh, like yeah. eating one of the neighborhood kids or something. Oh, nice. Just, like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Fucking crazy. They're like, ah, killer. You know? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. And there's, there's a, gotta, a rabid granny. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there's got to be a sequence too. Like we get closer to the end, and like they finally take some fire, like out to like the middle, you know, of like the pile of meat or whatever. But they're like, why aren't the, why aren't they coming? Like, what's going on? You know, like, and 
I, I really want to just have like a couple of guys like looking around and they and down every street, every alleyway, they start seeing other townsfolk like shambling at them, you know, like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, yeah. Home. Right. And then they definitely have to ask, ask the question of like, where'd they go? You know, like the Kreitz. And then let's have them like look down one street and then you just see all all the people on that street are just like washed over like the crites are just fucking poured out of an alleyway and just took all the zombies down and they went into like the other alley like behind the buildings like oh shit like they're circling you know it's Ooh, like okay like, yeah like they're not stupid you know what i mean like yeah. they want they want this bait but you know they're you know but there has to there has to be some uh some indication that like okay so the crites are smart enough to know that the humans have become a threat so they're not they're not just going to barrel in like a wave of teeth like now they're kind of like they're circling they're coming in on the prey you know they're stalking now you know and it's like we raise the tension even more because it's like you know come on you bitches you know come come and get it and like now they really want them to just swarm in you know just going crazy all teeth in a wave but but they're not gonna. They're, they're not. They're not coming. So it's like shit. How do we get him here? You know, how do we get him to come here? Um, oh, dude. Okay, because you you're gonna need blood. Oh gonna, god, yeah. Someone is gonna have to like, because you got to do the movie thing. I don't know why they do this in films. Why do they always cut the palm of their hand? Like that's the worst place to cut yourself. So stupid, but, right? But it's like you got to have someone do it. Like you know, maybe maybe it's Charlie being like, you know, he's like, I ain't got nothing else to live for. Blah blah. blah. You know, have him go on this whole thing of like, yeah, basically he's the 80s version of battling depression you know he's been unemployed and in jail and this that and the other so he grabs a knife and like slices his hand open and like runs out like waving his hand around in the air being like come on you little bastards like you know come and get it you know and and is running toward the pile of meat like telling them like you you light this when they get here you know so he runs out and lets the krites like hit him Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we can do something like uh, have have the bounty hunter, you you know, because we have that hand wavy bounty hunter tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he does something like teleports him out of there at the last second. But we don't know that until like the, there's the there's the big boom and all that. And then Char- we see Charlie like standing behind all of them and him like touching his chest like, what the hell? What? Huh? How did I get? <laughs> you know, and he's like still bleeding from the hand. But the, the bounty hunter teleported him out in the in the, you know, in the, right in the last second. And the whole thing is like that's what proved to him that he's a worthy partner. He knew how to take down the Krites. Like he was willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. himself, you know, for the yeah. greater good type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when the other like you know, faceless bounty hunter guy, like he 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 has to go down in like a in like a swarm of Krites at some point. Like oh yeah, I remember er- earlier when they first yeah. get to town. Yeah, you're right. He so I he has gone down in a yeah. swarm <laughs> of Krites already. So it's like he's gone. Yeah, and I I'm, I like this idea that Charlie kind of proves himself worthy of like you know becoming the the new partner. You know right. Um, yeah, so this is cool, right? So they they we we huge like explosion of like meat in the middle of town, <laughs> and then it's just like raining like chunks of you know like spare rib and shit all over the place. Yep. <laughs> and like the the dozen survivors are just like left to like you know they look around at their town it's just on fire and like there's holes in every building and corpses everywhere and chunks of like smoldering meat all over the place and. <laughs> Tons of little black needles, you know, from the, yep. the quills on the on the, the the krites, and it's just like you know this fucking like disaster. But you know, you can sort of pan the camera back for a little bit of like an aerial, you know, shot, take all all the chaos and damage in. Um, <laughs> 
And then we gotta like fast forward to like the next morning or something, right? Where yeah. it's like you know they're they're cleaning up, and you know now Charlie is talking about how he's gonna leave with you know Mr. Bounty Hunter guy and the Bounty Hunter Johnny Steele. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna leave Brad with like a homing beacon, like if they ever come back, you know, whatever, like you know, yep. s- signal us, you know, whatever. And um, you know, and maybe the the Bounty Hunter guy is like, you know, he's gonna take some of the quills as like you know evidence back to like the you know I don't know the Galactic Tribute or whatever and like you know tell them what was going on and um yeah so you know kind of like okay they saved the day you know just a fucking total massacre and you know do you see maybe there's like ambulances and police from like other towns but then at this point like we gotta have brad look around you know brad has survived our our precocious uh ginger teenager and he's like (laughs) hey whatever happened to chewy where's chewy where'd he go you know Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so he, and so maybe he's like poking around, and he's just like, you know, and he sees Chewie kind of like in the corner, like where they were hiding out, like in the butcher shop or whatever, and he's just like, oh hey Chewie, you okay? Did you get hurt? Like you know something wrong? And he's like, you know, kind of walking up slowly to him, and then you see Chewie look up and just red eyes, he hisses, and then you see these fucking spines like stand up on his back. Oh like, no! And then black, you know, black screen, and it's like yes. I don't want to explain that, but for some reason, Chewie is now, like, part Krite with the spines. Like, he wasn't a zombie. He's just, like, what the fuck is that? Cut to black, you know, uh, cheesy 80s rock music, and now we have a sequel where, you know, we'll explain that. We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And and let's be fair. How many 80s movies did that exact type of ending happen? Where it was, like... Something that doesn't make any sense whatsoever to the to the rest of the plot and go. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned like the critters laid eggs, which is you know perfectly sensible in the first movie. I just yep. thought like boring, like that's not really scary so much. I mean, and it reminds me of like that stupid like '90s Godzilla movie where he had ba- babies for some reason. <laughs> oh, like, I forgot about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's just it's just an, it's a nonsensical hook. It doesn't have to mean anything. It's just Jason jumping out of the water at the beginning or at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, and like now you have all these like sequels to explain what the fuck. exactly that's all i i dig it i i think that there there were elements of the original critters that were there like the idea of a siege movie again that works but i feel like i feel like for a siege movie to be exciting you need one of two elements you either need a large group of people under siege so like a town so like 30 days of night or like this, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the idea behind the, this or you have to have like really overwhelming odds outside, like Night of the Living Dead or like, uh, you know, VFW, where there's just like hundreds of bad guys coming at you, you know, yeah. not just like five crites. <laughs> like, realistically, <laughs> yeah. there was like, what, seven, I think. And that was it. Yeah, no, so, I think it was there was ten and they killed two and there was eight. And yeah, it was that's, like, I don't even think we even saw what happened to all eight of them. Like, I, I, no. if we, we to go back and count, I don't think we saw all eight get killed. No, I think we only I think we only saw uh, what three because there was there was the one that D Wallace shot on the stairs and then the other one mm-hmm. was like fuck. Um, then we saw the one get crushed by the fan that that mm-hmm. Brad accidentally shot, and then we had. Um, we had D. Wallace shoot another one, didn't we? I think, I think she shot I, one in the hallway. Yeah, she did. And then they shot one in the toilet. The bounty hunter guy, Johnny Steele. That's right. He shot one. Yeah. And I want to say that 
the sheriff, the M. Emmett Walsh guy shot one, but I could be rem- remembering that wrong because uh, that's that, that's when I was getting tired. I was getting a little like, okay, yeah, I see <laughs> well, where this would, is going. <laughs> that would make sense because I think there were just three left. Yeah. Um, because there was the the two at the controls, and then there was the big one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that big one. Yeah, oh, see, we never really explained that, too. I had mentioned that at the beginning. I was like, oh, let's kind of get into, like, what happens when they get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you know what? I'm going to take that back and say no. I think it's creepier if they stay, like, small. Yeah. Like, they're they're like this weird – they're like these space rats, you know? They're, yeah. They're, they're an infestation bringing, like, the plague with them, except they are the plague. Yeah, I, I, like, that, I like that idea better than them getting bigger and bigger and bigger and looking like Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> right. And I think it's better to have it the the main scare from them not be that they're going to get bigger, but that they can what they can do with those fucking quills. You know, they can, mm-hmm. you know, poison and zombify people. So creating a whole new threat outside of just the wave of monsters, you know. So yeah, it's like, yeah I agree. Makes total sense to me. Yeah, they didn't use those quills nearly enough in the in the real movie. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, those were the really scary thing. Right. It's like you got dad got hit, then mom got hit, then April got hit. That was it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it was like they definitely. Yeah, they should have been using it more. I mean, and, I, and you think about like, a, you know, a porcupine doesn't like shoot quills. Right. But you right. think of like a tarantula. A tarantulas have those those hairs. That it's like yep. fiberglass, you know, and they just like flex a leg and like, boom, every hair just shoots off like a little storm of fiberglass shavings, you know, just flying <laughs> yep. at your eyes. And, <laughs> and, and I've had a tarantula fall on me and get those fucking hairs Ugh. in my scalp and in my arm. And that shit hurts. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was, I, I'm, again, this is one of those useless pieces of information, but the fact that tarantula hairs was like the primary ingredient itching powder for years. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you know, you it's go. like because it's going to fuck with your skin. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it did. Man, that shit itched for like a week. I, I shouldn't say it hurt. It didn't hurt. It just itched like oh, like crazy for like a week. I couldn't get it to stop. It's terrible. It was, oh, I can was, imagine. That sounds awful. <laughs> it was a scary incident. Like tarantulas are cute. I like tarantulas. But I was just really, really caught off guard when it fell off of the house onto my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> nope. Yep. I can't even follow you on the, the they're cute factor. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, they're cute in like, you know, in the tank, you know, <laughs> in the terrarium. That's, that's a good spot for them. They are. They're cute. I like to look, look at them at the pet store, but I don't want to bring them home. I know. Tara, if, if you're listening to this, I love your tarantulas, but man, it was really scary when it fell on my head and it was huge. I got pictures. I have proof. Anyway, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> All right, I'll tell that story some other time. But yeah, no, I think we're good. This was really fun. This was another one of those episodes where I was like, mm, we kind of have an idea. Like this, this could end badly, but we'll just kind of see where it goes. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it really, we're not reinventing the wheel with this one. I mean, it's just how can we take the the concept of what we already have with critters. And how could they have made it scarier? And I get it. Like, we're not taking into account budgetary constraints because I'm sure that's a huge factor. Um, and I mean, this is the 80s. So our, our tidal wave of critters would totally be green screened or animated. Um, but like, oh, I could I could yeah. see like, look at what the Henson company did. Was it Henson that did Little Shop of Horrors? Did they, I, might, I might be totally losing nerd points here. I don't yeah. know if Henson was involved with Little Shop of Horrors now that I'm saying that. Um, well, whoever it was. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, oh, God, I got to look that up. But um, but yeah, 
the scene where it's like all the baby Audrey twos that were like singing oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and like, you know, you got a bunch of them like on screen at once, like looking down at Seymour, like mm-hmm. there's no reason that they couldn't have like, just get a bunch of people with the crate puppets. Like, even if it's literally just the hand puppet versions, not the animatronic versions. Mm-hmm. So, so like when we have like the scene where they're all coming down on April, it's literally just a bunch of people in like black costumes with a black crate puppet aiming it at the camera all close knit together. So it just mm-hmm. looks like a tidal wave of fur and teeth. Like <laughs> you can still do it. Um, you know, where it's going to be budgetary friendly <laughs> to, to yeah. someone that because I think this move, the, the original movie, if, if, uh, if memory serves me correctly, w- only had like a two million dollar budget. So yeah, I didn't like, look it up, but you're probably right. I mean, yeah, it's a low budget horror movie. It was yeah, super low budget. And and the fact that it made like three times its budget, that's what cleared uh, Critters 2, like it greenlit it for like, hey, we're going to do another theatrical release. And then that movie bombed hard. Which yeah. is funny because it's like that's the fan favorite, um, mm-hmm. but it it bombed really bad. And uh, Critters Two: The Main Course, <laughs> I always forget that title <laughs> on that. Um, but that's nice. also why Critters Three and Four went straight to video oh, because yeah. it was like, yeah, we can't, we're not getting money for that again. <laughs> 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 they're they're not going to give us money for this. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, our version definitely is a bigger, bigger budget. I mean, you could do a, like a really tiny little, you know, podunk town in the middle of nowhere with like, you know, 100 people and probably get away with the same thing. It'd be harder to have, you know, like a butcher shop or whatever, like, you know, the infrastructure, the population to support that kind of a thing. But right. I think there's there's a there's a middle ground. You, you could we could figure something out. I mean, we're not going to blow up a whole f- fucking farmhouse and then magically put it back together again <laughs> and waste a bunch of money on that shit. <laughs> I, I fucking hate. I hate that it gets put back together. I really do. Me too. I hate that part. Uh, the ending of the original movie is just pretty much across the board is just fucking stupid. Oh, it's um, so dumb. But yeah, I like our movie a lot more. And I'll go. I I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I actually enjoy Alien versus Predator Requiem. Uh, which which I know is not a good movie. It's just a fun movie. And I, you know, I like this. It's the same sort of same concept here, too, of like, yeah. you know, let's just like fuck up a little town. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. I can't quite follow you there on liking it because uh, I'm still not a fan. But after rewatching it for the show, uh, when we were we were talking about uh, when we did our Predator episode yeah. mm-hmm. and I watched uh, the Predator films and then I watched the AVP films, um, I liked it better watching it critically like i i liked more of it i still have a lot of problems with it but i at mm-hmm. least wasn't like groaning at the screen <laughs> like i was like i i knew the bad parts coming up and i'm like all right I'll, let's move past that okay and i was <laughs> able to kind of just enjoy what was there um so yes out of the bunch it's still my least favorite but i i'll, I'll give it a pass like i can understand what what you like about it yeah, yeah, I, th- I think my least favorite is the first AVP, but I mean they're both pieces of shit. I mean, let, let's just yeah. be honest. You know what I mean, but <laughs> but hey, we like horror movies. I mean, so anyone, everyone out there, I mean, you've mentioned the, the Puppet Master movies and all the sequels and all the Critters sequels and all the Hellraiser sequels, <laughs> and it's like how many shitty horror movies are there out there? But people love them anyway, you know, because oh, yeah. hell, I mean, I've mentioned how many times how many image comics that I read from like the early nineties. I'm a huge fan of like the Wildcats and Stormwatch and Shadowhawk and Trencher and Cyberforce and Codename Strike Force and Youngblood and all that stuff. <laughs> Man, a lot of that shit is just unreadable. I'm sorry. It just is. You know, there are some <laughs> gems 
in there, but I read all of them and I love them. I think that they're amazing. Are they good? Hell no, but they're fun. And that goes a long way. And I thought even the real critters movie, it has some really boring slog moments, but in general, it was a fun movie with some fun creatures and some like fun effects. You know, I thought that it worked in general, but yeah, I think that our scary version would have been far superior. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's and again, I know I said I'm not a fan of these movies. And I mean, I'm I'm genuinely not like this isn't something I put on, but I do like the critters themselves. Like I, I do enjoy the crates. Um, I have some critters memorabilia. I, I have like a little uh, I have a couple little critters action figures made by Pikmin's. Nice. Um, and I, I love all those like I like the crates. It's just the surrounding <laughs> stuff. I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Well, and, and that's how I feel about like the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun movies. Like, I don't want to yeah. watch those movies, but like exactly. the Leprechaun's cool. You know, <laughs> it's like, he's, uh, he's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so let's wrap it up here. I think this is good. Uh, I think we, you know, it was a kind of a short one again, not reinventing the wheel kind of like our wildcats episode where it's like, let's just take what they did, but like filter it through like the years of experience and the critical approach we were able to come at it from the outside and say, yeah, what you did was okay. But you know, with a second pass, it could have been better. I think uh, we did a pretty good job. So I'm fun. I had fun. And I would totally watch this movie. So with that, I will say uh, anyone out there listening, if you have not yet done so, check us out at RaisedByRentals.com and RaisedByRentals on the social medias. Uh, you can find all of our older uh, shows and uh, some in, in, uh, more information about the Rad Pantheon and also more about that at RadPantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials as well. That's a super team art collective, so to speak, of you know creative types, uh, podcasters, musicians, photographers, artists, you name it, uh, just all banded together to spread the word about more Rad stuff. And if you like this show there's a pretty good chance you will like some of the other projects in the red pantheon uh mike you're part of a couple of those when what are they i am indeed uh we have the boogeyman's closet which is our weekly horror movie review and then there's a uh, count creepy head saturday morning monster mash where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about pop culture so uh <laughs> we have uh, some fun episodes coming up with that as well Awesome. Awesome. I do love me some bitching about pop culture. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much all TikTok is these days anyway, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't pimped it in a while, so I will say if you are a comic book fan or want to check out some cool comic books uh, or support some local and independent artists, please come visit me on Instagram and Twitter at Comics Boost. Just spell that with an X, Comics Boost, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where I like to spotlight crowdfunding campaigns for comic book projects on kickstarter and zoop and indiegogo etc and with that i think we're good anything else mike no i think that's it yeah so thanks again everyone for listening to this episode check out some of our older episodes uh, at the social medias we already mentioned if you have any feedback or any ideas for movies tv games or any of the properties that you think we should improv improve next time drop us a line and with that i'm josh now mike and we have to return some videotapes <laughs> Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Mm-hmm.